this is Drive Time. This is the podcast where we talk about random stuff on the drive, either to or from work. So, uh, today is April the 21st, 2021, and uh, the topic that I want to cover today is requited love. Um, so, I'll start off with a little bit of a story. Arthur George R.R. R. Martin, uh, which is the creator of what most people know as Game of Thrones, Right, so Game of Thrones is based off of his works, which are the Song of Ice and Fire series. It's a novelization of a period of time, a fictional period of time in a fictional world called Planetos. Anyway, so this author, in his early 70s and 80s, he was smitten with a young lady named Lisa Tuttle, which ended up becoming Liza Tully in the books, if you're familiar with them or if you're familiar with the show, um, he had a requited love. What that means is he liked her. She did not return uh, the affection to him. So he was stuck in what everybody knows is the friend zone, right? Somebody who is uh, infatuated or, um, in this case, in love with um, said individual, said person. But for one reason or another, the relationship does not move forward or it does not continue to happen in that manner, right? It, it just doesn't happen. One of the parties are not interested. And um, because of that, it makes, for, for whatever reason, it makes it very uncomfortable for one or the other, right? So, requited love. Uh, anyway, my story segues into, I've had that happen a couple of times, right? That there's always been a situation, and in, in, in your youth, you can... Uh, you can point to a handful of, of combinations, a handful of situations, um, a handful of times that that's probably happened to you. As a young male, you know, I mean, I was way before I got married, right? So this is like school days, and younger school days. I can remember, you know, second grade, third grade, you know, liking girls, and there was always one in every class. I don't know, I don't know how it was for you growing up, but for me, it was like every year I would get a new crush on a new person, right? And it's only years later, I'm talking about years later, that you find out that they had a crush on you or they were attracted to you in some ways. Um, I, I don't like saying people's names on the podcast. Um, and I don't want to make up people's names either. So, I, I don't know. I, I'll be I'll be as, as vague as I can to protect the innocent. But... Um, you know, I remember, I can probably recite everybody that I ever had, like, an affection to, um, growing up on, um, in, in my childhood. So, like, you know, uh, the pre-kindergarten, the little blonde girl that slapped me with her hair, that I was like, oh, man, now I've got her blonde hair in my eyes. That kind of stuff, right? It's, 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 <laughs> it's, a small kid age stuff, right? It's, it's, oh, you know, she likes me, so I'll push her down at the, at the park and then go to timeout, or, or I'll get my colors changed because I'll, I'll sit here and start saying X, Y, and Z. So, requited love is, is a little different. It's actual affections, and you've actually said, I have a strong affection for you. I would like us to date. I, I want to see what this relationship looks like, um, you know, moving on, and, then what ends up happening is it doesn't happen. The relationship does not move on. So it's um, pretty interesting for me because I've had situations like that. And, and, and it's weird because I still have 
uh, dreams about said individual people. It's weird because I'll have a dream and it will be something seated deep in my consciousness from when I was like 12, right? Back when I was driving in a truck from Port Lavaca after a track, you know, that kind of stuff. And it's just like, huh? <laughs> random, random stuff. You know, it's, it's a... It's a sophomore year, you know, football game, taking photos underneath, um, underneath the stadium after a football game. You know, it's those specific details that pop where you had an opportunity and things didn't go your way, or 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 you had no opportunity and you were just too dumb to realize that. Um, and, and either way, either way you look at it, it is. Um, a deeper meaning. So, like, you go back and you play those situations. Like, how could I play it differently? What could I have said? You know, um, how could I have done this differently? I remember eating with my cousin, and um, like, I, I, like, me and my cousin went out to eat, um, and I was just like with a third. Now there's a third party there, and I was like, oh, okay. Well, she had a crush on me, right? And by the end of that little dinner. There was no crushing. I completely crushed any opportunity by putting my foot in my mouth, right? There's always been times when you've eaten or have gone out with somebody or, or talked with somebody more in depth and that conversation just did not go well, right? You know um, it just went straight to Tanksville. <laughs> so it happens. I mean, guys put their foot in mouth. Uh, you know, I say stupid things like, hey, X, Y, and Z. They say things like, well, what do you like to do? And the conversation just dies. You see it on movies all the time. Um, actually, some of the premises at the beginning of movies are showing how said individual character cannot hold a conversation during a dinner date or said individual conversation person in the conversation is not um, is not clicking with people. And they do that by saying things like, wow, you can really eat a lot, can't you? Or, um, you know... I, 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 what are you doing? Well, you know, I'm in the collecting stamps or I'm, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm in, I have a coin collection or whatever nerdy thing that the girl then gets turned off by or not interested anymore by. You've seen a thousand movies. Pick any romantic comedy and that's uh, the first maybe 20 minutes of premise. There's a dinner date scene where, you know, it's just not going well. And, 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 and you know that, right? That's, that's the setup of, oh, okay, now this guy's going to find love now. And, um, and it's, it's just one of those, like, all right, I mean, that's cool. Anyway, so to, to flip it now, to, to, to kind of go full circles, those individual people that have requited your love, not the ones that you've requited, like, yeah, I know Jane is, is into me, but I'm really not into Jane, or, you know, a person that you used to run cross country with was into you, and, and now it's just like, listen, it just never, it just, it wasn't, there was no attraction there for me. There was one uh, person that I know of that actually had a pretty large crush on me uh, when we were running cross country together, and uh, I just, I just never, I never had an interest. Um, I just never did. And for some, she was a nice girl. She was a nice person. I was uh, actually dating my wife. <laughs> so uh, you know, it's. I have very few experiences, really, where there was, like, a large uh, attraction, like, in, in my older years, because I was already committed in a relationship, so there wasn't really an opportunity for me to have these, you 
situations happen. So I was really inept at the time these things were going because I was really young. Um, <laughs> there was one girl that I, I liked and had a, a really good thing. There's two actually. One was my ex-girlfriend. And, uh, you know, I, I guess you can say it's requited because she dumped me. She didn't like me anymore. She wanted to go and bang other people. Um, and I wasn't really into that. I was more of just, you know, this thing's going to last for the long haul. And it didn't. Like, I mean, you know it wouldn't. I mean, looking as an older person, I was like, come on, man. But when you're living it in the moment, I remember uh, when I got dumped. It was a week after. Uh, and I, I used to watch football with my cousins. Uh, and they were my older cousins, right? They're the, my cousins uh, that I talk about are more like my father's age. At the time now, they're probably in their 50s. But, you know, back, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago, they were like 35, I guess. You know, ish. They're, they're the age where I am now. That's kind of weird to say. Because it's kind of a little bit, I'm a little younger than where they were. But, uh, anyway. So they had the experience of life, and they've had this happen to them before, and I never had, so I'm just like broken up, crying, I'm mopey, I'm just sad all in general because I really thought this thing was going to be the be all end all. And it, it wasn't the fact that it was over, it was the fact that I never experienced something being over. And uh, it really hurt. You know, I've lost games, I've lost, you know, those things were team environments, those things were team sports, and those things didn't really mean a lot. It was when it was my personal situation, essentially my personal, hey, so-and-so doesn't want to be with you anymore because of you. Oh, it just blew me up, Expl you know, exploded me. Um, <laughs> so in some ways, it was just a breakup. It wasn't requited love. It was more of just, hey man, we're just not working. I'm going to go and bang like everybody in the theater program. And then I want to go and go on a tear with every older Mexican that I can find. You know, I'm going to get, like, four baby daddies over the next 15 years. That kind of thing. Which, again, those statements are all exaggerated. But I never said a name, so it could be anybody. <laughs> anyway, anyway, we're, we're losing focus here. Um, it just, it was, to me, it always felt wrong, right? It always felt like I, there was more there that could have been done. And, um... You know, I've had conversations with said person, uh, you know, years after, and we go back and kind of replay it, and I was like, well, uh, you know, she'll, she will throw insults in there, like, oh, we were only kids, and there's things like that, yeah, but it doesn't matter your age, if you feel that it's real, it's real, um, which is a good counter-argument, but then again, we were only kids, 100% right, uh, <laughs> so it just, you know, relationships don't work, whatever. The requited love that I speak about is the person that I really had a crush on, that I was going for, um, before I met my wife. So this was uh, before me and my wife were together, so before me and my wife were dating, but it was, I want to say a year and a half to six months before me and my wife going after a girl that I went to school with, and she's a nice 
but I know I told my wife about the relationship, or not the relationship, but the attraction that I had. I'm not sure if she disclosed that to her out of niceness, out of just being polite and letting things in the past just die. Um, they actually had a class in college together. Uh, independent for me, I wasn't in the class, it wasn't anything, and they had their own thing. Um, so it's interesting <laughs> that um, my wife has a relationship, not, not a personal relationship, not a friendship, they don't go out and drink or paint or anything like that, they, they just know each other, and they are familiar with each other. My wife has never spoken a ill word. I mean, I know she knows that I used to crush hard on this girl, and I, I was pursuing a, a deep relationship with this person, and uh, my wife understands that, and I think she's a little bit jealous, but she's like, that's a nice girl, I understand why you would be, I, I guess that's the adult way of looking at it now, of, you know, she's a nice person, she's pretty attractive, um, I can see how you were interested, right, that, that kind of thing. But there's a detachment there. Like, uh, we're not ever going to be best friends. Though. Like, I, I always say this in my head. And I guess I'll verbalize it now. But, okay, we'll, go, we'll get to that piece later about our children. But, anyway, um, my, my wife, uh, again, this is before I met my wife. So, I was um, a photographer in high school. It was my first year of doing it. It was my sophomore year. I was in desktop publishing, which is what they call yearbook before they call it yearbook. Um, so I had a camera, I'd go to the football games, I'd take pictures of the football games, and me and her had been talking, because we, we shared, I believe, one class together, and that was, you know, obviously when you're uh, trying to uh, <clears throat> date somebody, you're trying to start a relationship, the idea of being with that person is exciting, right? The idea of seeing that person, interacting with that person, you could go a whole day and say maybe 15 words, 35 words, and, and that would be it, that would be the highlight. That is the reason why I came to school. Now, yes, you did other things and all the other stuff applies, but that was the main reason, right? That was why I came to date, um, that kind of stuff. So, you know, there was some of that. Again, you're a high school student. There's hormones, there's affections, there's a whole bunch of other people too. I mean, I was uh, attracted to a couple of other people as well. Um, and just because you're attracted to them doesn't mean you want to have uh, sex with them. I just, I just want to be clear because it seems like nowadays that's what that means. But back in the day, I did not think about sex. Like, really. Like, back when I was in high school, it was there, but it wasn't. I was too scared. I was chicken shit. Um, I was just trying to get this girl to talk to me, much less have any kind of physical contact, right? I was, <laughs> I was squeamish. Not squeamish, but I was um, nervous about the idea of even kissing somebody. I remember at my sister's kissing yet another girl that I was uh, talking with uh, had kissed me on my cheek uh, as like a goodbye, and I got like dark, dark red, and I was just like, uh, uh, "That's weird." Uh, anyway, and it was you know obviously right before I dated. But anyway, I started dating my wife in like. <laughs> I mean, whatever year it was. Um, anywho, anywho, anywho. I just, um, I got to the point of building up conversations 
don't say putting in the work, but really just trying to feel out a, uh, a relationship, right? And I, I felt like I was in good positioning. So this was during football season. We get gear. I was like, hey, homecoming's coming up. Did you want to go? I got asked to run. I got asked by a popular varsity football player. Yeah, popular is in a Hispanic group. He was well Now, full disclosure, this guy was more attractive than me. This guy was more athletic than me. This guy was bigger than me. I don't know about nicer. I think he cheated on her a couple of times, but you know, that's not for me to sit here and say. But but on paper, it was probably you're looking at an eight, and I'm more of a six, five, seven. You know, you definitely have at least a point and a half on Which, hey, genetics, right? You're going to get what you get. Um, he, he's a nice guy, right? I, I've, I, and it's ironic because years, years, years before that, me and him were on the same, like, uh, pitching. Uh, we were in baseball together, and my dad was the coach, and he was, um, he was by far the best guy on the team. I mean, he was, again, this guy was super athletic. So he was the best guy on the team. And, I mean, I think he jacked a home run off of one of the, when the kids pitch to each other. So I was probably like eight or nine. He's older than me. So um, I guess it was the year where it's my first year in that league. And he's like the last year in his league. I think there's two years per group. So um, in, in anyway, in anyway, um, I, I still like him. I, I do. I, I, I do like him. Again, I have some forbearance because in some opinion, in an alternate timeline, you stole my girl. But that girl was never mine, to be honest with you. She she never, she showed some interest, but I think it was so nice. It was just nice and easy. It was just her being polite. It was her being a well-respected, nice individual. And it just hurts to think about sometimes. When you look at the long term of it, which is... You got friend zoned. She picked somebody who was way better than you, and it was done, right? And you, you lost before you were even in the game. And the problem was, I thought I was in the game. <laughs> I mean, and again, I, I've never I, to to the person's you know credit or to to my I never found closure. There were some years later where we happened to be in the same class or the same area, I don't think we were in school anymore, but, um, and, and I, I tried to have that conversation, I'm like, well, was there ever, but it, it came off as me trying to, um, me trying to, um, I guess, date them, and I was like, no, 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 that's not what this is, but I guess, I, you know, I never really explained it that way, I just kind of said, well, I just kind of wanted some closure to see why this never worked, and just kind of for myself, because stuff like that will drive you crazy, um, but at the same time, it's just, uh, I don't know, it's, to, again, to me, it just feels requited, like, I had an opportunity, I was pursuing something, and then, uh, you know, it just kind of didn't work out, and that happens, it happens a lot, actually, with a lot of people. And a lot of people can understand, right? The person that you were interested in doesn't like you or doesn't want to pursue a relationship. And and now you're kind of stuck. And it happens. 
but that's okay. That is okay. Um, <laughs> one of the things that, like I was saying, I alluded to it earlier, I was going to say it. One of the things that I always thought was interesting in my head, uh, and not necessarily, I've never vocalized this, but um, said young lady and guy she chose for prom ends up being her husband. And they've been together and married. Um, well, they've been married for a while, but they were together for a good while. So me and my wife, I had kind of the same thing. I started dating my wife uh, the following... All this happened in... All this happened in one year. I think it was like maybe four months later that I started dating my wife. I didn't know she was going to be my wife. It's like How I Met Your Mother. There's a part in the show where Ted Mosby is like 28 days away from meeting the mother of his kids, who ends up being the mother of his kids, and he's sitting there soaping around at a motel during a wedding, ironically, during another wedding, and, um, you know, he's just, you know, oh my god, I'm so lonely, well, well, anyway, and I know that's how it sounds, but, um, yeah, he's like 28 days away, so for me, it was like three or four months away from the person I will eventually marry and have a family with and everything. Well, the family that I had and the family that they ended up having, our children are the same age. I think we all can see where this is probably going to go. Now, by no way am I ever going to push my kids, uh, my boys, to date their girls. Um, <laughs> just because it, it, it'll get weird. It'll get weird really quick. Um, but at the same time, you can't write it that way, but that's, statistically, that might happen. You know, the the two young girls are the same ages, as, or the same age, as my, my boys. Uh, and then my daughters are a little bit younger. So it just, it's interesting to think when people get married across, you know, across a generationally or whatever, like, uh, you have children who are the age, or you have kids the age of 22, they marry like a 19-year-old girl, so it's like two or three years. That's the age gap between my oldest son and their youngest daughter, and I'm like, eh, that's gross, but you know, when they're both 20-something-year-olds, it's not going to make a difference, right? Like, it's, it's a big gap, and it's a big shock, and it's a well-to-do when it's like 16 to 19, but when you're 23 to 26, it does not matter. That's because people are already consenting adults at that time. So, I, you know, there is, a, you know, something to be said about that. Um, something large to be said about that. But, um, you know, that's, that's kind of why I'm like, eh, yeah, it'd be interesting if my, one of my children, uh, whether it be, you know, Benny the Goat or, or, or Thomas, you know, one of them kind of ends up dating the younger daughter or one of the daughters and we as parents have to collectively be like hmm, okay interesting now it just happens to be that could be a possibility but it could be right it's not a dream that I'm trying to envision for my children right I'm not trying to be hey you see that girl she's nice right now no, I don't do that and I would never do that because that's creepy and that's not what that's not what we're gonna do it's okay 
you know, Thomas has his own preference of girls, that's fine. He has his own preference on uh, what he, who he wants to date, that's fine. Daniel has his own preference on girls, and then, okay, hey, that's fine. You know, same thing with Rachel and, and, and Abigail. When they get old enough to date, if they have a preference on whatever guy they want to date, that's cool. You know, it, it just, it, you know, it doesn't really matter to me all too much. Um, but, like I said, the probability is that, you know, because I would say the end is relatively commonly, so is Thomas. It's, uh, they're both pretty attractive, and then the girls, they're okay. I think, you know, Thomas is going to be interesting. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um, that kind of generational thing could happen. It's not like the Hatfields and McCoys where it's like a generational hatred. It's just like, ironically, we had children at the same time. Ironically, we um, missed each other by months, apparently, and we ended up, the next person we both dated, ended up being our spouses. Um, you know, it's interesting. Um, every now and then, I'll have random dreams about random stuff. And of course, dreams don't make sense. Let's be real. It's like, oh, you're sitting in a cornfield, and then your best friend from high school shows up, and then a guy from the, the movie you were watching the night before, let's say it's Moneyball, so the Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill show up and they're talking to you, and, and it's like a guy you hadn't talked to in about 10 years, you know, uh, two guys from a movie, a fictional, you know, or based off of a, a fictional occurrence, but these are actors, you know, playing a part, it's like, okay, and then you got this theme of just, we're in a cornfield, and it's like, this stuff does not make sense, people like that get thrown in, you know, I'll have an ex-girlfriend get thrown in, and it's not the ex-girlfriend how she looks now, it's 12-year-old ex-girlfriend, and I'm like, this is weird, right, I mean, I don't know if you noticed that, if you've ever noticed that, but these people in your dreams, they look how you remember them. They don't look how they are now, right? So, for instance, ex-girlfriend, right? Uh, it's got, like, three kids from, like, three different people or two different, whatever the case is, right? Uh, baby daddy number one or husband, ex-husband. Let's see, uh, ex-husband, uh, baby daddy number two, baby daddy slash husband is number three or whatever. And it's like, oh, okay, interesting. Okay. Yeah, you got railed by like everybody in between though, but uh, okay. She's kind of a hoe, I'll say it. I mean, I, I just, just the reality and the truth of it. But um, you go back and when you're in like a dream or even a remembrance, said person is very young. It's the time that you remember them. So if we were 13 or 14 years old, that's the person that's speaking to me in the dream. And it's kind of weird because it's like you're 14, you're 16, you're 18, you're, you know, I was 15 years ago or 12 years ago, however long it's been, right? It's like, huh. And it's just kind of like, okay. Okay. <laughs> But anyway, um, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up here in a minute. This is drive time. I appreciate everybody listening. I appreciate everybody uh, tuning in. Uh, you know, I know we've all had people we've been interested in that were not interested in us. And like George R. R. Martin, 
what he did was he took uh, pieces of that love, requited love, that, that, that no, essentially. He took that no and turned it into a yes. He developed rich characters with his book. He developed, um, you know, fan-favorite characters based off of that situation. He's written short stories uh, which help uh, win nebulas and, and, and uh, you know, well, nebula, essentially. He's written a couple of nebulas based off of some of the stories that have those um, elements in them. Uh, Song for Leah. Um, and again, uh, his works are, are amazing. So um, you can see those things. And once you understand the motivation or the, uh, I guess, the origin of those things, uh, it becomes really, really interesting. Uh, when, when you can identify them, knowing his background, his history, you can be like, oh, that's what's happening. So anyway, this has been Drive Time. I appreciate everybody listening. Thank you so much. Um, And we'll see you down the road.